So, Connection Sunday, yes? yes. Last Sunday, the, these two messages just kind of overlap and connect with each other, and we talked about, um, we're talking about the church and what, <clears throat> what God is building in the earth and the passion that God wants in His people that come from Him. God wants our hearts connected to Him. He wants us to know what His heart is and then us walk it out. And God absolutely loves His church. Our foundation scripture is found in, in Matthew 16. I want to read that. <clears throat> and um, this is Jesus with His disciples. And He said, and Jesus in verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, said, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Well, some said that you're John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And, you know, even today, people think, you know, some people on planet Earth think Jesus was a, was a prophet. Some people think he was a good man. Some people think he was this, that, and the other. But Peter jumps up in the midst of the other disciples. And he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, little rock. And on this rock, big rock, Peter Petra is Little Rock. The other rock that he's building the church on is a big rock. Some people think that Jesus was saying that the church was established on Peter, and some religions think that on saints, that the church is established on saints. But he's talking about, he's saying, on this big rock that's bigger than you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church that what? That the gates of hell shall not prevail against. I'm going to say this to you again, and I just want you to think about it. That scripture says that Jesus is building his church, right? Jesus is building the church. Jesus is building the church. So what we've got to do is we've got to be involved in what he's building because the next verse says, and he said, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And what do keys do? They unlock things, right? They unlock doors and opportunities and things in our life. And he said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound, and whatever you loose will be loose. In other words, the literal there is what is already bound is what you'll find yourself binding, and what is already loose is what you'll be loosing. So we're not doing it on our own ability and strength, but we're binding and loosing because we're connected to what He's building. Amen? We're connected to what God is building. <clears throat> the purpose of connect groups is to connect people to what God is building. He's building His church, right? God is building His church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Do people, are there people everywhere that you know that want to be a part of something? Everywhere I, know, everywhere I look, people want to be a part of something. It could be a soccer group, right? 
It could be a football team or this. Everybody wants to be a part of something. God is building His church, and as the church is being built, the, the statement that Jesus made there, on this rock I will build my church. What is it? It's the big rock. It's the rock of revelation of who God is. Most people don't know the plan and the purpose that God has for their life because they're not connected to what God's building. God's not building separate things. God's not building your thing or my thing. God's building His church. And we have a responsibility in the local church and group and congregation of people to help others understand what the church looks like. God is building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. I don't know about you, but I see the gates of hell prevailing against a lot of stuff. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. Not in God's world. Not in His plan and His purpose. But most people, most people today, even most Christian people, don't understand the purpose and the plan of God for their life. So we're here to, to really help people to understand that. <clears throat> God's interested in the church. So the question is, what are you interested in? There lies the million dollar question. What are you interested in? Well, pastor, just making sure my bills get paid. Okay? Well, this, that, or the other. Things that just have to do with us. Things that just have to do with your world. God's interested in His church being built. And God can only build the church with discipled people. The Great Commission was to go and make disciples of all nations. God cannot build the church with unrenewed people. I'm going to say it again. God cannot build His church with unrenewed people. It doesn't work that way. God needs the church to do its part in helping people have their minds renewed so that they know what the purpose and plan on the earth for God, for their lives in God. God's interested in His church, and we've got to be interested in building the church. In Haggai, God said, if you will build my house, if you'll build my house, then I'll build yours. And, you know, I'm just saying this personally. I'm not looking at anybody, thinking of anybody, or anything else, okay? There may be people that had real strong revelation when they preached what I'm fixing to say about this passage of Scripture in Haggai. They may have had strong revelation about it. But I've seen a lot of people take that Haggai passage of Scripture, I've seen a lot of people take it, and try to put people on maybe guilt trips to build a natural house, like this building right here. God's not building buildings, He's building His church. And when the church gets revelation, the church will build buildings. The the people will build buildings because we want places for people to come so that more people can come to a place that they can believe in because of what's taught there and they can find out what the purpose and plan of God is for their life. God, God's purpose and plan in the earth is the church. What I'm sharing with you today, a lot of Christian people have no revelation of, no clue about. That's why we're teaching it. I'm not comparing myself to anybody. I'm not saying I have more revelation than the next guy. I'm just saying I come across a lot of people that really don't believe in the church. 
So, it goes to say that we need to spend time in this gathering talking about what the church is, right? What is the church? Okay, so since you asked that, I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> um, in Colossians 1, and, and we've, we've, read this, we've read this similar thing in a number of different places, but, but I don't usually read Colossians in defining what the church is, and so I'm going to do that today. Colossians 1. In verse 17. And he, Jesus, is before all things, and in him, in Jesus, all things consist. Verse 18. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the, what, preeminence, that he might. See, he's the head, he's the cause, he's the purpose, and he's building his church. He's more about people than he is anything else. All of heaven is about people on the earth. All of heaven's focus is on the earth and about what, we, what is happening with people. Are people connecting with God and the revelation of God and then affecting people in that way, in a positive way? The body is the church. And we know just from study, and I'm not going to get into all that today, but we know from study that we're the body. Many parts, but one body. Many parts. Worldwide parts. Parts that have come and gone and parts that will be in the future. The body is the church. All the different parts coming together. You may be a finger, you may be a nail, but you're connected to something that's connected to something that's connected to something, and that's what connect groups are about. When you connect relationally, so you, you, won't, you won't pray with people that you don't trust. And if you don't develop relationships with people, and you just think it's all about your knowledge and revelation of the Word, if you don't connect with people, and, and in many cases, if you don't connect with people that don't just like everything that you like, that's one thing about connect groups, you say, well, you know, I'm not sure who all's in that. Well, if I do, I'd get a part of a group that you don't know anybody that's in it. And then you begin to find out the strengths and weaknesses in each other's lives, and you begin to compliment each other and, and be there for people. That's where you learn how to be there for people. God's interested in people. Hmm? Teaching a message on Wednesday night because of all of this leading into connect groups about having faith for others. It's one thing to have faith for your own life, but how do we have faith for others? Jesus had faith set in place and intact for the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus had faith for Jairus' son. It was already there, and Jairus knew it, and because Jesus had faith, Jairus' son was healed. Because Jesus had faith, the woman with the issue of blood was healed. Why? Because her faith and his faith connected. Any two agree is touching anything that they have? Done. That's how we have faith for other people. We want to see people's lives changed and liberated and free. Amen? Um, <clears throat> the Bible says that God's eyes and His heart are on His house. 
Philippians 3.15 says, the house is the church. And then we read here in Colossians 1 that the body is the church. So there's the house of God, Old Testament. New Testament house now is the church, and the church is His body, the fullness of God that fills all and in all. So it's not just God, the fullness of, of a building that we meet in. It's that God fills each and every one of us to overflowing then we are able to come together and connect and be what God created us to be. Again, what is God about? People. People. God is about people. Amen? So, in, in, in this picture of the church, and, and I, have a, I have a real powerful statement to make right here and and I want you to think about this statement even as you leave today I want you to think about it but to be a part of the church is to be a part of building the church and in building the church that I believe this statement is true if you're unwilling to do anything you're not qualified to do everything If you're unwilling to do anything, you're not qualified to do everything else. Now, if that statement is true, if that statement is true in every person's life, then I don't know about you, but I want to understand that. If you're unwilling to do anything, we're we're involved in what God is building, then you're unqualified to do everything else. If being connected to something bigger than you is really what God is about. If God's building His church and you're a part of that, then how busy are we building? It's one thing to serve, but it's another thing to be busy building. I'm going to say it again. It's one thing to serve, but another thing to build. So, Let's move on since we're having fun today. <laughs> Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 and verse 14. <clears throat> so the question is so, how do you build? How do you and I build? And how are we a part of what he's building? I mean, we have, we have to be an active part because he said we're joint heirs with him. We're equal partners. He's done it all, and now he needs us to do it his way. He's done everything, and now he needs you and I to be willing to submit to him and flow with him and do and accomplish all he created us to do. So in Ephesians 3 and verse 14, it says this, For this reason, Paul said, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Everybody say family. Family. Father and family. Father and family. Father and family. So there's the Father... And there's the Father's family. That's God's plan. That's His way. And there's two things that we've got to see in building 
family. So there's the house of God, which is the church of Jesus Christ, which is the body of Jesus Christ that makes up the family, right? It's the family of God. He said, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So we're a part of something that is actually bigger than we are. Part of a family that is in heaven. We've got family members that have gone already. I've got a mother and father-in-law that have gone on. My stepmother's gone on. They're part of the family of God. They were all born again before they left here, so they're part of the family there. But there's family here. And every one of us sitting out here today are part of that family, that eternal family. Whole family in heaven and earth is named. If you're born again, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, then you're part of the family. The family of Jesus Christ. The family of God. Family of the Father. Right? But there's, there's two things that has to be understood. The first thing is, that by faith, both of these are by faith, but by faith you have to see and believe in father and family. To build the church, to be a part of building what and be involved in what God is building, you have to be able to see and believe in family and father. Father and family. In <clears throat> Romans 8, And verse 15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself witnesses with our spirit that we're what? We're children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we also may be glorified with Him. So the Spirit of God bears witness in your heart. If you're born again, Spirit of God is on the inside of you, bearing witness that you're a child of God, and so if you're a child, you're a part of what? Family. Right? Father, God, is the head of the family. And we're a part of a family that is in heaven and on the earth. And God has a purpose for the family. And the family, the family is not connected to, well, I'll say it like this. Family is connected to the Godfather. But not that Godfather. The real Godfather. But everywhere I go, when I, when I was growing up, Years ago on the, on the border, uh, the Juarez border in El Paso, I lived 40 miles from, from the border there, and uh, I played a lot of golf with a lot of heavy gamblers, and I knew a lot of guys that, you know, I mean, there'd be times when, when you'd be playing golf with a guy and he lost, and then you kind of never saw the guy again. And you're not sure where he went, because if he didn't have enough money, one of the guys took care of him or something. I don't know what happened. I, I, I'd ask people, I'd say, well, where, what happened to so-and-so? I don't know. We just never saw him again. They were part of a family, right? But they were part of an ungodly family, of the devil's family. There's God's family and there's the devil's family. 
And, and, you know, let's just make it black and white. That's the truth. There's family on earth. There's God's family and there's the devil's family. There's God's way of thinking with his family. There's the way of thinking of the, of the devil's family. There's two families on the earth. And God wants us to be a part of his family and see his church built. And the way we do that is we see it and we believe it and we help others connect to that and to the importance of it. I heard a story one time. Someone else was telling this story. It was a guy named Lester Sumrall. He was a preacher for years. He died a number of years back, but he, he was an amazing preacher. But he traveled the planet. And he would go to different countries, and he would live in those countries. And I just heard this story told by someone else about him that Lester Summerall made this comment to, I think it was the Chinese people that, he, was, that he, would, he had gone to minister to, and so he lived there for a number of years in China. And he told the Chinese people, he said, I'm Chinese by choice. You had no choice. Amen. Huh? I'm God's kid by choice. I was engrafted. Hmm? If you're born again today, you're a child of God. You're part of a family that many people that are born again don't even realize they're a part of a family. And the local congregation of people have to be a family. You have to, as Evelyn, Evelyn said earlier, about being family and being connected and, and being part of one another. But the deal with family is that there's structure to family. And that's the other part of it. You know, number one, you've got, to, you've got to be able to see and believe in father and family and, and, and really believe that it's real and realize that if you're born again today, you've been engrafted into that family by choice. So why would we not want to play ball by the rules. Why would we not want to understand about God's family and how to flow and connect with His family? We do. But I'll just tell you, there's been generations, there's been generations of Christians that have just played church. And I'm not thinking of anybody, I'm not being critical of anybody, but I, all I'm talking about is the result see, when you do the will of God, you get the results that Jesus got. When you connect to family and you develop family, listen, anybody, anybody, don't raise your hand, anybody not like certain parts of your family? Most of the time, why? Because they're all up in your business and know every little thing and, you know, I don't want you to know that and I, you know, this and that, but they're family. See, and when you, get, when you get more than three people in one place, you're going to have somebody in, up in someone else's business and wanting to know about this, that, and the other. And Yeah, but, wait, yeah, but that's family. See? We're part of the family. La familia. We're part of the family. Not the godfather like the movie or like the drug lords. We're talking about the real godfather and real family. And there's something that God wants developed here. And the reason I'm talking about this today is because I believe connect groups are so vitally important. Sometimes 
through the years, we've done connect groups, and they've just fallen flat. Pfft. Hadn't worked out. This thing didn't work out. That thing didn't work out. People didn't show up. You know, it started with 10 people, and by the end of it, there were three. So we're going to stop connect groups because a connect group didn't work? Absolutely not. I'm part of family. We're going to make it work till it works. We're going to stay with it until whatever we do works because why? We're a part of what God is building. And he said the way we build is to develop relationship with family. And there's a whole bunch of people out there. There's a whole mess of people out there that don't understand family. They're not part of the family of God, but they need to be, and they need you to be on your A game so that you, in your life, are affecting people just wherever you go. Not abnormally, just be normal. Just be yourself. And just let God ooze through you. He's not going to operate through you like He is through me or to the next person. God, just let God operate through you. Just be a friend to somebody. So how do you do that? Have you ever shaken anybody's hand? Hmm? Have you ever shook someone's hand? You ever been somewhere and said, hey, I don't know who you are, I just wanted to tell you, man, just have a great day. Yeah, but what that's, what, what's that going to do? That's a seed. See, it's a seed of kindness. And you know what will happen? The next time, you, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it again. You See, you're practicing, you're working on something. Hey, man, have a great day. You too. Do you know God? Yes, sir. Awesome. So glad you do. I'm praying for you, man. I'm just praying for you. Then you go to the next guy and you shake someone else's hand or do something. Just, just I mean, kick his dog or something. You know, stir up something. <laughs> hey, what'd you do that for? Oh, I didn't mean to. Sorry. Will you forgive me? You know, I serve a forgiving God. Who knows? What, what's the next thing? Who's the next person that you can really connect with? I've been doing it all my life. All my 38 plus years of salvation. I just, everywhere I go, Sometimes I'm somewhere and I do something because God said, and people around me sometimes cringe. When my girls, especially when they were little, I mean, they, they, they do it now, but when they were little, they, you know, they, they, they might cringe if I would start talking to somebody and, and, and challenge somebody about something because it's not the norm. It can be uncomfortable, but you don't have to do it like I do it, but just do it. That's what connection is all about. I said today that our connect groups are not just about the people that are here. They are. And we, 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 it'd be good to fill up each group with at least half the people of the church because we're developing relationship. But we want people out there. So when you're thinking about somebody, say you joined a book club of some kind, and you're thinking, you know what? I bet so-and-so would really like that. Yeah, but she probably won't come or he probably wouldn't come. No, shut that mess down. Ask him. And then tell them, you'll come get them every time that the thing's going on. Hey, I'll, I'll give you a ride. Just come, just come with I think you'll really like this. I'm telling you, I can't tell you, uh, the people sitting here today, they were part of Connect Group, and they got something out of the Connect Group and then wanted to know about the connection that the rest of the people in the body had with the church, and then so they came into church. It just works. I'm telling you, it works if we work it. It won't happen be, just because God's good. And it won't happen because God's already done his part. And he's already built. He's already, he, he is building his church, but the church is being built one person at a time as people are discipled, as pe- and, and the discipleship comes through connection. The importance of it. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Colossians 3 and verse 18. The second thing. Colossians 3 
And I'm going to tie this up. And what I'm, what I'm going to say, I, I'm, I'm not going to have time to talk about it enough tonight, this morning, but I'll get into it later. But what, what I'm going to share with you, this, this, the second point, there's only two points, the second point here, what, what I want to say to you is something that is very passionate on my heart. And, and the second point is understanding the structure of family. And Colossians 3 and verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Submission, love, and obedience makes up the structure of family. Submission, number one. Unconditional love and true obedience is the structure of family. Individual families make up the family of God. And if these three points aren't understood in individual families, if you don't really truly understand it, yeah, but Pastor, you know, all that submission crap, you know, I mean... I ain't submitting to so-and-so for nothing. Okay? Submission is a godly word. Amen? It's a godly word. It's a Bible word. Love is a Bible word. Obedience is a Bible word. And we have to understand those things. But there's a lot that goes with it. And, And the problem with those three words, especially submission and obedience, and love too, the problem with those three words are they're total, they are totally misunderstood. You heard one of my past series when we talked about submission. One thing that, three things that submission isn't. Number one, it's not easy. Number two, submission is not agreement. And number three, what was number three? It's not forced. That's it, thank you. See, you guys are listening. <clears throat> submission isn't easy. It's not agreement because you don't have to submit until you disagree. And number three, submission is not forced. It's never forced. It's always a choice by an individual. Wives, submit to your husband. That's a choice. Never, not one time ever, does a man, a husband, force his wife to submit. Ever. Not ever. 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 It's a choice. Right? And... In all of these conditions, if you really break them down, if I had time to go into this today, and we'll do it in another series. But if I, if I had time to, to look at it, every one of us are children, so we're all called to obey. Everybody, I don't care who you are, you're called to obey. Part of the family structure is walking in obedience and understanding that. To be a father and a mother, you first have to be an obedient child. 1 Corinthians 4.15 says, There are many, you have many instructors, but very few fathers. Why? Many instructors, and the word instructor there is boy leader or immature leader. There are a lot of people out there, they've been through school, they've been through all the stuff, and they did what they were supposed to do. They bit their tongue and put nails between their teeth to suck it up and do what they had to do for a certain period of time. But they never really learned obedience. 
And until you're an obedient child, you can never fulfill the role of a mother-father. And I'm not just talking about having kids. If you have a child, if you've gone through all the process that it takes to have a child, then you become, by default, a mother and a father. But a true mother and a father comes from walking in obedience in your life. We start teaching our children to walk in obedience by the time they're what? 14, 16, 18 months, right? No, we're going to share. No, we're going to do this. We're going to teach them. You know, notice you never find a child that overdid the sharing. Right? Never find a child. Okay, you, you need to stop sharing. That's just way too much. You never, you never seen a child, right? They've not gone over, overboard in the sharing. So we started teaching. Why? Because we want our kids to grow up and be obedient to other authorities. They go to school. They, you, you don't want them sent home every other day because of rebellion, right? You want them to grow up and be able to hold jobs down because in their jobs they're obedient to their bosses even when their bosses are ugly. The Bible's real clear about it. Real clear about it. What profit is if you're good to somebody that's good to you? See? But to obey somebody and walk in obedience, even when somebody is contrary, man, I don't know about that, but it's a choice. See, you'll never be forced to obey. You'll never be forced to submit. So here's Jesus in the garden. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he comes into the garden with a different will than the Father. He did not have the will of the Father in the garden. Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but yours be done. Jesus' act of obedience in the garden was not the ultimate act of sacrifice. It was the ultimate act of submission. Because what he did is he submitted to the will of the Father even when he didn't necessarily agree. See, submission doesn't even begin until you disagree. And where you learn that as a child. Now, if you take everybody in here that's children of God, everybody's different ages, you know, all the way from uh, 45 to, you know, however old, they're at least 45, maybe 48, <clears throat> or, or whatever age we are, we're all different ages in here, right? And, but we're all children of God. And so the obedience part as children is something that goes on all the time. But then when you, you move up in, in, in your walk with God, what God wants you to become is parents. He wants you to parent people. He wants, you to, he wants men to be fathers and women to be mothers. My wife and I are mother and father of this house as under shepherds uh, because God placed us here. Not because we're more spiritual than everybody else. It's because God placed us here. And, 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 you know, don't get nervous. We're not going to be calling you and whether they're going to try to control my life and tell me what I can buy or you can't wear those pants or you can't eat that food. I don't care. You, you understand? What I care is that you grow up. See, that's what it's all about. And, and most, of, most of where you're going to be challenged is in what I teach. I mean, if it comes down and you're in blatant rebellion and we got to make a correction or whatever, okay, we make a correction. Not everybody's like that through the years. Some people, gone. See, they're in agreement for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden, you got to bring a little bit of correction at a specific time, and they don't like it, and see, now they've got to submit, and they choose not to, and I can't force them, Right? So we're mother and father of the house, but in the house, you should become mothers and fathers of the house. 
See, who, because you're obedient children, you grow up, and now you're able to handle other people under you and be a part of, of a house that's building horizontally and not vertically. See, a house that builds vertically is just all about the under-shepherd or the head pastor of the church. A house that builds, uh, a house that builds uh, horizontally this way has mothers and fathers throughout the whole house because they grow up and they're able to handle. So when you have a connect group and you're leading a connect group, remember what I said a little while ago? If you're not willing to do anything, you're not qualified to do all the rest of the things that you think you are called to do. Because the anything in the house is what prepares you and sets your feet in concrete to be able to handle any and everything else you're called to do out there. Those who are planted in the house will do what? They'll flourish in the courts. What's the courts? Everything but the house. So when you're planted in the house and you've learned obedience and you've learned love and you've learned submission in every level, everybody's called to submit. I don't care who you are. I got, I've got a number of men in my lives that I submit to a, on a regular basis, everybody, and, and we're to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. So there's times, there's times when I'll submit to my wife. But you know what I've watched my wife do through the years? Even when I wasn't Christ-like and even when I wasn't walking in love, I've always seen her not take control in my marriage, but always work out the submission because she was working it out with God. It's not right for you. She would tell me, God would say to her, it's not right for you to just take over. And she could have done a lot better job at certain things that I was screwed up with and about. But she backed off and said, no. God said, you let him fall flat on his face. You let him do whatever he's going to do. She'd pray for me, she would help every way she could, but she wouldn't take over. See, she wouldn't, she wouldn't lose that place of being under, even though what she was under was not Christ-like. I've known very few women through the years that are willing to do that. I, I mean, I don't know every woman, so, you know, I'm just saying. I, I haven't known very few women that would be willing to do those kind of things. And, and, and in conversations with others, they weren't willing to do it. Bless God, I'm going to do it myself. Okay, whatever. See, submission can't be forced. Obedience cannot be forced. You can't force a person to love someone else. Well, bless God, but I love them. Okay. They abused me. They did all this stuff. I'll just love them anyway. No, you've got to work that out with God. Hmm? You've got to work it out. I had a hatred towards one of my parents for years. I hated her. I hated my mom. I had this thing that was in me. I got born again, and I... Well, it's wrong to do that. Okay, so i got to stop it. I love her. But I didn't. I was angry. I was mad. Frustrated. Right? But I worked it out with God. And I got to the end of it. In the last 15, 18 years of her in my life, she got born again. It was awesome. I led her to the Lord on my front steps because I dealt with it. I'm not going to let anything stand in the way of the blessing of God. And, and being used by God to build the church. We're here to build the church. We're here to see this place. Now I'm talking about this actual building. I'm here to see this building filled up with people because we have the goods here to put into people. Hmm? I don't know about you. If you've looked around in here today, we got a lot of room. Hmm? We have a lot of room. So I'm going to end with this verse. 
And host, you can, we're, we're going to partake of communion today. It's a perfect time. Perfect time for communion today. Luke 11, and I'll end with this. <clears throat> like I said, I know it's gone a little long today, but we had a bunch of good, special things. Luke 11, and verse 17. <clears throat> I can't leave you without saying this to you today. 17th verse. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house, a house divided against a house falls. A house divided. When a house is in competition and they're striving, the house will fall. But I want you to hear this today. The three words I gave you, Leave here remembering this. Love is not selfish. Submission is not selfish. I'm going to say it again. Love is not selfish. Submission is not selfish. Right? And obedience is not selfish. What divides a house is selfishness. We're the people of God. We're the children of God. We're part of the family of God. And in the midst of the family, in spite of our differences and in spite of ourselves, we're learning to live unselfish lives by loving and submitting and obeying in whatever area we need to love, submit, and obey. Whoever he's talking about, whoever, whatever condition that we're in, and all of us will love, will be required to love and to submit and obey in certain conditions. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the house. <laughs>